0: Malaysian banks are actually very safe, unlike US bank. US bank is very it's more ding ding dang dang like that, you know, it's more volatile and so on. M- Malaysian banks actually is pretty safe and when it comes to our asset quality is also very not bad lah. Hi, I'm Mr. Money and you're listening to the Real Money Show, the podcast where we talk about how to make more money, how to manage money, how to invest money and more. Join us as we interview our guests and explore different ways to make the most of our money in the real world. Welcome to the show. Since the market crash in March, bank stocks have suffered a low share price. But as the economy edged towards recovery, is it the right time to buy bank stocks? yes, what are some important things to consider? Join us in this episode to find out more. So everyone, how are you guys doing? If you guys are doing well and fine, you're doing good and you're having a good week so far. Right there. Good for me in the comments so that I know that you guys can hear me loud and clear and... You guys are enjoying your week so far. Yeah. So, how's everyone doing now? Hi, welcome back. Kok Chin Siang. Hi, welcome back. Everyone else here. Yep, there's a little bit of lagging. Uh, so be patient with it. Uh, I'm not sure why, but there's some lagging here and there. Uh, but hopefully everything is going to go fine in just a minute or two. Maybe because they're starting to have more and more computers in this office and the bandwidth is getting taken up anyway, tonight, 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 it's one of the topics that is really uh, fun for me to talk about. As you guys remember, one of the earliest stocks that I actually talked about was banking stock when I first started my live channel. And today we're going to go one whole big round. We're going to talk about stocks, banking stocks again today. Because lately people are starting to ask this question, right? Is it a good time to buy bank stocks? And also, on the other hand, today also I opened up the H uh, and I saw this whole big article about banking stocks. Uh, it was an article by CGS CIMB, Upgrading Banks to an Overweight. Now, uh, what does that mean? It basically means that uh, the bank CIMB thinks that it is time to start loading up on bank stock. That's what they were saying in their research report. Now, anyway, if tonight this is a topic that you would love to hear and you think it's really interesting and you think there are some friends of yours that can be benefited by it, do me a simple favor. Hit the like button and hit the share button. Also tag your friends who are interested in investing into banking stocks. Now, I still remember one of the things that I tell my mother was this. You see, uh, my mom is someone who doesn't invest in the stock market. All the while, she's been someone who invests only in fixed deposit. Now, during this whole uh, pandemic, the whole market crash, uh, one of the things that I'm most proudest of certainly is the fact that I convinced her to start investing at least a little bit into the stock market. And one of the things that I told her was this. You see... I say, mom, most of your money is put in FD. And you put your money into banks like uh all the different banks all around. And what do you get out of your FD? And they say, and she actually told me that, like, uh, in the past I got like 12% and whatnot. But I said, what about lately? And she said, that right now, it's pretty obvious, right? You're not getting much out of it, about like 2 to 3%. And then, and then during this whole drop, you know, it got even worse. And I asked her this one thing. I said, are, are you satisfied with that? She's definitely not satisfied with it. But she asked me, what else can she do that she doesn't really need to take risks? And I told her this one thing, you see, uh, by putting your money in FDs and putting it in a bank, uh, my, have you ever thought about buying the bank's stock instead? Because since you think banks are so safe, right? Might as well buy bank stock. And they would give you about 4% to 5% in terms of dividend in the past. And that would actually make you more money per se since you're not going to touch the money in the short term anyway. Most of the time you just leave there for many decades. And after that uh, it took quite a long time to persuade her but uh, she did decide to take out a certain small portion and started investing into the stock market and that's so true, right? Think about it. You see, if you were to put your money into FD today and if you were to put it into FD and all you can get is about 1.8% to 2% at this point but if you were to buy their stocks you would actually get about 4 to 5% in dividend payment. Doesn't that sound more you know? Yeah. But nonetheless, there is a whole different risk factor that follows along because when you buy a banking stock, you're actually involved in stock investment and therefore, the returns are not guaranteed. Uh, so we shouldn't use it as a apple-to-apple apple comparison, but I'm just saying that if you trust public banks so much and you think that they are so good, right? And you think that they won't collapse and they won't nothing's going to go wrong with them and that's the reason why you put your money there. Maybe you should also consider being an owner of public bank. That would be much more ideal, don't you think so? If you think that that is the case, uh, please write one in the comment. I'm talking about that as the case, as in like not specifically in this time because we know the times are really bad right now and we are talking about like... Is it good to buy bank stocks now? Is it not good to buy bank stocks now? There's all the different kind of opinion at this point. And today we are here to discuss those opinions and I'm to share with you what are the two biggest threats that banks are facing right now. And in my opinion, what are some of the key drivers that can help banks to recover? And so with that, helps you to consider if you should or shouldn't buy banking stocks. Now, before we begin, one of the things that's really interesting right now is that I would love you guys to write down in the comment for me, what do you think? Do you think it's a good time to invest into banking stocks? Or do you think it's a bad time to invest into banking stocks? Now, when it comes to banking stocks, today I would like to share a few, a few things that you can use to evaluate banking stocks and what are the future prospects of it and so on. So on a Tuesday night, our goal is very simple to help you to learn something. As contrast to our Thursday night, while we hope that you learn something, we do it much more in a way that it's on a ask me anything way. So whatever question that comes by, we'll just try to answer it. But when it comes to Tuesday night, we'll try to go uh, more towards like point one, point something a little bit more uh, informative kind of session in a more organized manner. So if you have questions, Still, feel free to write it down in the comments. I will try my very best to answer you after I run through the points. But at the meantime, stay tuned, kick back, relax. If you have a popcorn in your hand, enjoy the popcorn while you enjoy the show. Alright, so when it comes to the banking sector, um, for those of you who are new to stock investment, when it comes to banking sector, banking is Quite an interesting company or institution when it comes to the stock market. Because whenever there is a market crash, you will find that bank stocks will be one of the first institutions or company to experience a drop in their share price. What happens is that when there's a rumor about market crash, when market is going to crash and so on, one of the first things that you see dropping is usually banking stocks. Why? Because when the market thinks that the economy is going to be bad, immediately people will think that people will default their loan. They can't pay their loan. And... The next thing that happened is that government, in order to boost the economic activity, they will usually reduce interest rate. That means that loans will be cheaper. And therefore, banks who depend on interest rate to make money will experience a squeeze. Because one of the biggest measurements for banks to measure profitability is net interest income, right? Yeah, net interest margin, sorry. Net interest margin, the N-I-M. And when interest is low, that means the profitability of bank goes down because bank depends on interest to make money. The higher the interest, the better profit margin they get. So that's what it means by net interest margin. Now, and as we can see, uh, a bank like Public Bank, prior to this market crash, it was priced at around 28 ringgit. Yeah, and what happened was at the moment at the moment there was a market crash, it just dropped back down all the way to about 13 ringgit where I managed to fetch myself some bank stock during that time. And Hong Kong Bank as well went all the way down. Most of the bank actually went down. That's what we can see. Now, and usually at the end of the market crash, as things are recovering, bank stocks will slowly recover. Bank stocks will slowly recover together with others. And very often, there's this opinion that says that bank stocks will be the one when it's a very clear cut. When it is a very clear cut situation where things are recovering, bank stocks will shoot up. That is usually the case. All right. Now, first, before we go into talking about the threats of bank, right, we need to, Understand the business of a bank. What do you think a bank's business is? Why not you guys write down there in the comment for us what do you think a bank's business is? So write down for me in the comment what do you think the bank's business is? And at the meantime, I shall answer, take a look at some of the questions that you guys have. Anything that's very interesting, I will be uh try my best to answer it at this point so most people say that it's loan investing loans income from interest loan invest loan providing credit Make new money, that's very true. They do make new money through interest. Provide loan. Legal alone. You're right. Basically, bank provides loan. That's their main business. But if we talk about their role in the whole money transaction thing in the economy, it's simple. Bank facilitates transactions. Number one, they make money from loan, which is they lend you the money and they collect an interest. Number two is they facilitate transaction. Now, the biggest reason for a bank uh, to survive in the market today other than giving you loan is because it is an entity that all of us can trust per se. Right? We can trust per se. Why? Because if I were to give money to you in Straight away by cash, like without a bank, or to give you ten thousand ringgit without passing through a bank. And if you were to run away that money, there's nothing much I can do. If if let's say I was to buy something from you from you, but if I were to bang into your bank account, at least it is still something we can trace it. We can say we can argue, we can go to court. There's clear money transaction. Now why? Because we can trust bank. There's a record and so on. So as you can see, right, banks have. Two kind of income. There's two kind of income from bank. Two main income. Number one, providing loans. Number two, non-fund-related income or non-interest-related income. Number one, so the first way that bank make money is interest income. And the second income that bank has is Non-interest income. Interest income derived from giving out loans. And non-interest income derived from fees. For example, credit card fees. How many of you all have a credit card? You will notice that every year you are being collected a credit card fee. And if you make a late payment, you will be collected a financial fee. And so on and so forth. Now, when you actually apply for a bank loan, you will realise that other than interest rate, you are also being charged for service fees, this fees, that fee. If you have a bank account and you're not active with your bank account, there's this thing called a dormant fee, which I think is absolutely ridiculous because when I don't use your facility at all and I just put my money there and I don't use your facility at all, you charge me a dormant fee? I thought when I don't use your service, then you do less work. I should be charged less, right? But somehow, bank will still charge you this thing called dormant fee. Whatever fee that they can find, they will charge you. And there's this... Mm, those of you who actually have a bank account, there's also ATM, right? Uh, and ATM, just by having the card, they charge you eight 8 per year of fee again. So all these fees. How many of you guys hate all these banking fees? If you don't like it, can you write there for me? Stupid. <laughs> because I, I think it's stupid. Anyway, there's all sorts of banking fees that we are being charged. And the second kind of fee is investment fees. Like for example, those of you who actually invested in any sorts of funds, like mutual fund, unit trust funds, or... Um, any sort of investment, what happens is that you will be charged a management fee based on the assets that are being managed. And so that's all sorts of fee. And also, right now, when you go to the bank, can I ask you one thing? How many of you go to your bank, right, and you're being dealt with... Uh, How many of you, when you approach a bank and a relationship manager approach you, they will try to sell you some sort of insurance and they will tell you it's an investment link plan or they will tell you it's a saving plan or whatnot. They will try to sell you some sort of an insurance and this is what we call a bank assurance or for takaful, it's called banka takaful. How many of you have experienced that? If you have experienced that, can you write there bank assurance for me or either bank insurance or whatnot or takafo, right? That is also one very prominent income for banks these days. Bank assurance. Now, the fee base, they collect fee because you see, when it comes to bank assurance, insurance, some banks, they don't provide their own insurance. They actually do a tie-up. Like, for example, Public Bank is actually doing a tie-up with AIA. Uh, UOB does a tie-up with Potential. Um, OCBC's tie-up is actually with Great Eastern. Actually, is a subsidiary. Both are same company anyway. And every different company have a different uh, insurance company they tie-up with. And all they do is that they lend this insurance company their network of client base and the facility and the sales force to help them sell their products. And with that, they collect a commission. That is fee-based. So, are you guys clear about these two income for banks? If you are clear, can you write there two for me? Just write two for me in the comment In the meantime, we will get some water. <clears throat> so, As you can see, for banks, there are two types of income. And which income do you think is the most affected at this point? Which income do you think is the most affected at this point? Why not you write down there for me in the comment. And at this point, I will share a you as you are going to write down. There are two biggest threats for banking at this point. The biggest threat for banking right now is the first one, what they call an OPR cut. Overnight policy rate cut. Which is the thing that controls your interest rate. And so what happened is, at this point, interest margins are low. And it is estimated that government will actually further reduce interest rate. And as you know, any time when there is a bad economy, government first respond, reduce interest rate. So that you guys will put less money in the bank account, take it out and start investing in stock market, start investing in this and that and so on, uh, or even loan out your money to boost the economy or spend it, you know. That is the power of an OPR rate cut. This is good for the economy, but bad for banks' business. And at this point right now, the second threat that banks face is this: impaired loans. What is impaired loans? Impaired loans basically means loans that bank has borrowed out, that's has lent out. They don't think they can collect it back. So they have to write it off in that sense. So it's called an impaired loan. And at this point, due to moratorium, there is no impaired loan. However, uh, or reduced impaired loan or like it's stabilized. However, at the end of this moratorium, do you think impaired loan will increase? It really depends on what you think. However, as you read most of the research report, most banks say that it should be stabilizing. It should be stabilizing, uh, but they may take into account next year they will start seeing more impaired loans. Some say that, this and that, and so on. But they are saying that the number is not so bad based on the research reports that I've been reading so far. Now, These two biggest threats would impact the first part of the income of a bank, which is the interest income of a bank. Because squeezing of margin. And number two, you've got to take into account the loans that you can't collect back. And as many reports have already said, actually, at this point right now, there is a healthy growth in terms of, the vo- uh, in terms of loan. People are taking up loan. There's about 3 to 4% growth in loan. However, because of interest rate cut, it kind of just cancels off the profit per se. Number two, because of this impaired loan, banks also need to prepare a certain amount of fund to be able to to anticipate this loss. See, bank can't just say we impaired it. There is some loss that they already take into account. They're going to prepare the money. Uh, It gets a little bit technical, but the point is, uh, in banks' business, it's very simple. If I think that I'm going to lose X amount of money, I better... Uh, in regulation, I have to prepare a certain amount of losses written already. So I predict that it's going to lose money. So with that, uh, I can kind of control my my profit and loss sheet as well. Instead of like by year end or the next year, one shot account for everything. They will account it slowly, by Slowly, lah. Yeah. So that's what they do. So like that is also good, lah. It's a wise decision. Uh the other day I was in uh, Langtanga. The other day I was in Langtanga and I met a CIMB banker and we had a conversation. We talked about CIMB and we talked about the estimated, the estimated impairment. And uh, what I can say, I, I cannot reveal too much as usual. However, what I can say is I don't think it's going to be great. I think it's not going to be good. It will look rather stable. Uh, however, You know how they can arrange their finances in that way so that it doesn't look too bad. Uh, Nonetheless, will they survive? They will survive because banking at the end of the day will be fine, you know, will be fine. What they have is money. Now, some people are starting to say like, uh, CIMB is terrible, you know. (laughs) And I personally... Did ask uh, people this question as well, because of previously the issue in Singapore by long Hin, yeah, the futures trading of the oil and gas one, where they lost a lot of money, and they were one of the strongest backer and that actually caused them to have huge problem and if you actually read most of the research report, you will find that <clears throat> you will find that maybank and c i m b. Does have a higher gross impact loan. They already estimated a higher amount uh, simply because <clears throat> they are estimating more people to be unable to pay for loan. Now, this comes down to the next point that I want to bring to you. I already talked about two biggest threats, right? And I want to share with you one thing. How do you actually how do you actually estimate if a bank's bank is gonna be a good good bank to invest in. Um, Every different industry have a different standard of evaluating. Now, a certain industry, you look at the revenue growth, you look at profit margin and so on. When it comes to banking, one of the very important key measurements that you need to take a look at is what they call the quality of asset. Quality of asset is not one ratio. Quality of asset is not one ratio. It can be made up by multiple ratios that you use to evaluate if the quality of asset is good. What does it mean by the quality of asset? You have to understand this one thing. When it comes to bank, again, like we say, the lending money part, interest income, is where they derive most of their income from. And so it means it really depends on whether do people pay you back the money or not. And so therefore it's very important the quality of the loan that you gave out, are you confident that you can collect back? And so here's where you find those banks who easily give out loan to people who can't afford to pay back tend to face troubles when there's a crisis. Because they already give out bad quality loans to people who are not good pay, master. And when times come, when crisis comes, these people naturally just won't pay, and you got to estimate more impaired loans in your accounts, and therefore reporting a lower profit. So, identifying a bank with a good quality of asset is of paramount importance. When it comes to investing in banking stock, I will not go into the details of all the numbers and so on, but what you can do is just Google it up, quality of assets. Uh, you can also find my YouTube channel, uh, Mr. Money TV, where I think I do have one or two videos about how to evaluate a bank stock, right? What are some of the ratios that you must take a look at? Now, I've already talked about the two biggest threats, right? And also talk about the quality of asset. So now we have talked about the two incomes of bank, which is interest income and non-interest income. Since the two biggest threats are very much related to interest income, the only thing that is not so affected at this point and can drive the profit of a bank is the non-interest income part the non-interest income of a bank. So naturally here, when you want to evaluate a banking stock during this kind of time, you should ask yourself this question, which company is likely going to do better when it comes to their non-interest income? This is a very good question that you have to ask yourself. And therefore, I personally have said many times, I actually am uh, very interested or I'm, I'm very keen of public bank and Hong Leung. The reason being is because both of them have a very strong non-interest income part. Where number one, the non-interest income part of public bank is actually their mutual funds. They have public mutual, which collects a very good amount of management fee because they do have the largest fund being managed. I mean, uh, they have the largest market share in Malaysia, not the largest fund, but the mar- largest market share in Malaysia. And when it comes to Hong Leong, they have Hong Leong Assurance. So these two does provide a very good base when it comes to non-interest income. And there are also other banks that we can take a look at. I think one of the things that really caught my attention with a lot of research report lately is that RHB Bank, you know, many research reports have been talking about RHB Bank. I've not got so detailed into it at this point yet, uh, but we do know one thing about RHB Bank. (coughs) RHB Bank... (coughs) RHB Bank has one of the largest investment banks in Malaysia. They are one of the largest investment banks in Malaysia. And I personally use uh, RHB for my stock trading at this point. And we do know one thing so far. There is a good increase for RHB's stock brokerage side, I think. So if I'm not wrong, the increase was close to about 50% year on year in terms of fee collected when it comes to uh stock trading account, uh stock trading fees. And so that was quite interesting. And they do have some sort of a new collaboration in terms of coming to the Banka full site, and that gave it quite a um hopeful look into the future. Now, so uh so far when I was reading through uh, all these different research reports, many many, many brokerage house research actually think that RHP is a pretty good investment to make at this point because <coughs> number one, definitely the low PE and number two, they do have a huge potential when it comes to the investment side and so on. Uh, because RHB is very big when it comes to investment banking side. Yeah, so with all the stock trading activities going on, they could be considered doing very, very well. Yep. And when it comes to the low P side, I think one of the lowest is actually AMMB at this point. And um I think low lowest at about six six PE. Yeah, that's what we are looking at. And many people think that it's a great pie when it comes to this. Now, so it really depends on what you are looking at at the end of the day. If you want to ask me whether to buy or don't buy, right? Because it really comes down to what you want. Is it a long-term investment or is it a short-term buy or whatnot? Nonetheless, when it comes to Malaysia banking, um, I would say the banking is one of the most boring investment that you can make because most of the time after you invest in it, you just wait. Uh, it, it it doesn't really shoot up, shoot down like crazy. It is pretty stable. It's considered blue chip most of the time. And when it comes to Malaysia Bank, uh we Malaysian banks are actually very safe, unlike US Bank. US bank is very it's more ding ding dang dang like that. You know, it's more volatile and so on. M- Malaysian banks actually is pretty safe. And when it comes to our asset quality, it's also very not bad. Lah. So for those of you who are thinking about what bank to invest in, why not you write down for me in the comment that which bank do you think is the best? So, Van Hamer say AMB is going at 6.9 PE. And Francis say there is undervalue. <laughs> Francis say borrowing stock, yes, second to read. Totally agree, totally agree, huh? Totally agree. Uh, Some say Maybank, some say Public Bank, some say Maybank, Maybank, Public Bank, Maybank, Maybank and Public Bank, and Lawrence say CIMB, Rice say Maybank in terms of stability and bet on CIMB because they got good project going on. Blue Sea say Public Bank, Maybank and CIMB. Now, so there's this whole discussion right now as well because some people say that the new finance minister, since he was an ex-CIMB leader, there is a very good chance that CIMB will be uh, doing well in the near future as well. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, this is what I personally think. I think that when it comes to asset quality, public bank shows a very good asset quality together with Hong Leong Bank as well. Uh, Both of them report to have the lowest gross-impaired loans. Um, When it comes to CIMB, uh, pretty high uh pretty high pretty high and when it comes to Maybank not bad pretty good uh i'm a, i'm a loyal maybank user i would say however when it comes to investment i personally don't hold any maybank at this point nonetheless nonetheless if you're expecting a dividend you will have to wait a bit because i think at least we have to wait until the second quarter or second half year of next year only you will start seeing banks giving out the same rate of dividend and secondly I would say that it will take at least about two years before banks can recover to their pre-2018 kind of level or yeah pre-2018 2019 kind of level sorry pre-2020 level yeah and it kind of comes down to what you want now personally Why I invest in certain banks. The truth is, when I invest in banks, I'm not really looking at high growth. I'm not looking at high growth when I personally invest in banks. So, now we enter this section where I'm going to share with you my opinion and then I'm going to start taking some questions, alright? Now, my personal opinion when I invest in banks is I'm not looking at high growth. If I want to invest in a high growth kind of company, I would have invested in a semiconductor company, I would have invested in a tech company, I would have invested in US stocks and so on. Um, and speculate or whatnot, right? But when it comes to banking, investing in banking, I, in my own opinion, when I invest in banks, I am actually just simply looking at a place where I can receive a steady dividend, Or a particular business where it's risk, it's lower than the rest of the other things that I'm investing among all my high-risk investments, right? That is my own personal opinion of it. And therefore, what do I want to look for in the bank is very simple and very clear-cut. Quality of asset. Quality of asset. Low-gross, impaired loans. (coughs) At the same time, uh, growing healthily. And then the next part is the non-interest income side. Because having the non-interest income side is a very good base for it to offset its risk of OPR volatility. Yeah, When there's a market crash and stuff like that. So having that fee-based side of things is what... Uh, gives me that security and stability. And so that is the part that I like about banking and why I personally invest in banks. So when some people ask me the kind of question like, why don't I talk about Bank Islam? Why don't I talk about um, AMMB or other stuff? It's just simply because it didn't meet the criteria that I'm looking at. It just simply didn't meet the criteria that I'm looking at. Nothing bad in it. It's not that these banks are not good. It's not that these banks are, are not, not better, you know. No, nope. nothing to do with any of that. It's just simply these two banks fits my own personal agenda. Now, at this point, I'm also taking a look at RHB. Because all this research report about RHP did catch my attention and I'm interested to read more about it and find out if RHP is something that I would love to invest in as well. Uh, Nonetheless, it also comes down to my whole portfolio, what am I looking at and so on. So that's all about my own personal opinion of what bank stocks do I invest in and why do I invest in it. Let me just summarize my point for tonight's tuition center, which is this. Number one, remember what is the business model of a bank. Giving out loan and facilitating transactions. Number two, What is the revenue of a bank? Non-interest income and interest income, which is interest income, giving out loans and collecting interest from the loans given. And second, non-interest income, which usually is fees like credit card fees, uh, commission from selling insurance product and so on. And the two biggest threats that banks are facing right now during this market crash or coronavirus period, COVID-19 period, is OPR cut, which is a squeeze of their net interest income because of interest reducing. And the second thing that they are facing is the possibility of people unable to pay for their loan. Which is what we call an impaired loan so and finally, I think the two things that will support the growth of bank during this period of time is number one, the quality of their asset, which is the work that they have done previously when they assessed to give out a bank loan. did they simply give out, or were they stringent with it? Did they make sure that their people were willing or are able to pay back their loan regardless of crisis. And the second thing that will drive their income or their profitability is their non interest income. Because this part is least affected when it comes to the net income margins or the squeezing of the OPR and also the impact loan side because it's purely fee based. Are they able to sell more insurance during this time? Are they able to collect a good amount of uh, fund management fee? Are they able to, um, you know, collect more credit card fees during this time or whatnot? Basically, fees-based stuff. These are the things that are going to drive the growth of a bank during this time. And the same thing with RHB because they are... a one of the largest investment banks. And so when it comes to those investment transactions that are happening right now, they collect a fee. They have corporate advisory. They have, uh, they have all this brokerage fee for those of you who are using RHB account. Hmm? So these are the few things to summarize the learning for tonight. That's all about it. Good night. So that was our episode about bank stock if it is the time to buy. And what are some areas you want to pay attention to when buying a bank stocks? If you enjoyed the content, leave us a five-star rating. Follow us for more content. See you next time.